The Haunted UK podcast is produced and released in stereo. Listening through an environment such as headphones or stereo speakers will ensure that you get the best experience. This show is sponsored by CDS Print and Design. For high-quality printed t-shirts, coasters, placemats, mugs, drinks containers, stickers and much, much more, contact Colin or Debbie for a no-obligation quote. You can find CDS Print and Design on Instagram, Facebook and now Etsy. If you love the Haunted UK podcast and you'd like to help keep the lights burning, the wheels turning and the stories rolling, then why not consider getting over to coffee and donating to the show? That's ko-fi and search for the Haunted UK podcast. You can sign up to donate just £3 per month, the price of a coffee, or as much as you like. If you'd prefer not to subscribe, then any donation to the show will be greatly appreciated. You'll even get a shout-out in an episode of the main show. So that's ko-fi and search for the Haunted UK podcast to donate. Thank you. And here are the names of some amazing people who have donated to the show recently. They are Claire Long and Megan White. As well as coffee, you can also follow the Haunted UK podcast on Instagram, Twitter at Haunted UK Pod, and on YouTube. Do you love ghost stories? Tales of haunted houses and poltergeist encounters? What about other areas of the paranormal, such as strange creatures, doppelgangers, time slips, and even creepy unexplained disappearances? If you do, then you're in the right place. And these are the topics which we'll be visiting every two weeks throughout the many future episodes and seasons of this show. And just to ensure that you get the best experience, there will be no advertisements throughout the main content of this episode. But please stick around to the end of the show where you'll hear a small promo from one of the many great podcasts out there, which I know you'll want to check out. The script for this episode was kindly proofread and edited by Marie Waller. For more details about this service, email marie at mariewaller.proofreading at gmail.com. That's mariewaller.proofreading at gmail.com. This email address will also be in the show notes. Now, without any further delay, let's get this episode started. The British Podcast Awards are almost upon us, and voting is already open for the Listener's Choice Award. At the Haunted UK Podcast, we're incredibly pleased to announce that you can now vote for us. It's straightforward and so easy to do, and you don't have to be a UK resident. You can be from anywhere in the world. Voting is easy to do. Just make your way over to the British Podcast Awards website, which is www.britishpodcastawards.com, and simply click on Listener's Choice Awards Vote. Search for the Haunted UK Podcast, type in your name and a valid email address, and click Submit. You will then be sent an email asking for you to confirm your vote. Easy as that. It would be so amazing for the show to be recognised in some parts by the whole industry. And you can help do that by casting your vote. So once again, get yourself over to www.britishpodcastawards.com and cast your vote today. 
Voting closes on the 5th of September 2023. Thank you so much in advance. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. The mist seemed to be swirling across the surface of the water at a measured, deliberate pace. The woman watched in complete disbelief as it began to form into the shape of a human-like figure with wings. As the figure continued to take shape and rise above the water, she wasn't sure if it was an angel, demon, good, nefarious, but she knew it wasn't of this earth, and it had some intent towards her. The woman panicked and fled the park as quickly as she could. This is episode 39 of the Haunted UK podcast, and in this episode, we're going to learn about the ghosts and hauntings which go on at a house which was never, or perhaps could never, be lived in. Woodchester Mansion. So far over the four seasons of the Haunted UK podcast, we've heard about some amazing haunted houses and their inhabitants. Tales of truly frightening spirits, poltergeists, full apparitions, and other paranormal phenomena which have revolved around houses and castles of all shapes and sizes continue to fascinate and scare us in equal measure. And whilst groups such as the Society for Psychical Research have yet to definitively and scientifically prove the existence of these phenomena. Believers, skeptics, and the curious alike are still attracted to their locations and the stories which they offer. But throughout all of these episodes which feature an allegedly haunted house, castle, or building, one thing is common for all of them. They have been inhabited and lived in at some point in their history. But there's one house that breaks the mold of this commonality. One house that is allegedly extremely haunted and continues to draw paranormal and skeptical research groups through its doors. And it's this house's threshold that we'll be, cautiously, crossing over to in this episode. The land which Woodchester Park stands on goes all the way back to the Doomsday Book, and there were even the remains of a Roman villa found near Woodchester Village Churchyard. 
but the area really began to take shape in the 1500s, when in 1564 the Crown of England granted ownership of the land to the Huntley family. They saw the potential of the area and began a series of huge changes. They constructed a massive seven-mile-long wall which encased the area to form a parkland for deer. As well as this project, the Huntleys also had a lodge built, but it wasn't long before they would move on. In the early 1600s, the deer park and the hunting lodge were sold to the Ducci family, who owned a great deal of the land in the area. They had plans for Woodchester Park. The hunting lodge was modernised and altered to resemble a grand-style Georgian house called Spring Park. But the Ducci family didn't want just grandeur inside their house. They wanted it within the grounds. Plans were drawn up to landscape Woodchester Park, with features such as multiple lakes and focused planting of trees being in the owner's minds. Famous landscaper Capability Brown visited the site with his assistant John Spayers in 1782, and they completed a full survey of the land and actually drew up construction plans for the park. But this wasn't to be. Capability Brown passed away a year later in 1783, and the plans were shelved. For the time being. Over 20 years had passed when in 1809, landscaper Humphrey Repton was contacted and given the task of finally building the lakes that Capability Brown had envisioned. Also around this time, upgrades were being made to the main house, Spring Park. But this was now around 1830, and it was becoming clear to the new heir of the estate, the second Earl Ducci, that the house would need more than a few upgrades. It needed major repairs and costs of these repairs would amount to around £8,000, which equates to around £1.3 million in today's money. And as far as Earl Ducci was concerned, it wasn't worth doing. The property and the land would be put on the market for sale in 1843. The Ducci family decided to concentrate their efforts and wealth on their other estate, Tortworth also in Gloucestershire, and in 1845, William Lee finalised the purchase of Woodchester Park. As with the families that owned the property before him, he had grand plans and plenty of money to throw at this project. First off was the idea to tear down the existing house, Spring Park, and replace it with something more imposing. But Lee, who was a staunch Catholic, also wanted to build a church and monastery. Several architects worked on the project over the next few years, but it was Charles Hansom who finally began work on building Woodchester's church and monastery, with both being completed by 1853. Next in line was the replacement of Spring Park. This had by now been abandoned and condemned as a wreck, described as being unsafe to live in and beyond the scope of repair. The design of Woodchester Mansion was approved and construction began in the mid-1850s, but it wasn't long before financial problems would bring everything to a halt. The cost of building the house was £7,118, which in today's money is around £1.1 million. The problem was that William Lee only brought in a yearly monetary yield of around £4,000, so this simply wouldn't cover the cost of the work. Even though work began on construction and good progress was made, the money started to run out. 
Local limestone was used for the main structure, with strangely beautiful ornate gargoyles decorating the south-facing front facade. Other costly designs were implemented in the building, such as stone vaulted ceilings, large glazed sections of the house and beautifully decorative plasterwork, and the more details and intricacies that found their way into the building, the more the price increased. William Lee would never see his house finished, as he sadly passed away in 1873, and the whole estate would be passed on to his son, who was also named William. William was determined to investigate the costs which would enable the house to be completed, so he instructed architect James Wilson to give him a detailed quotation. But news wasn't good. Even though the outer shell of the whole house was now standing, it would still take a further £7,000 to make the house livable. But it was the running costs of such a grand mansion that finally sealed its fate. William asked for a second opinion from Charles Hansom and Benjamin Bucknell, the two original designers and builders of the mansion, and they both confirmed what James Wilson had told William Lee. A yearly income of at least seven to eight thousand pounds was needed to just keep the house running. It was deemed much cheaper for William to abandon the completion of Woodchester Mansion and build another house entirely. And plans were made to do this, but this didn't come to fruition either. William decided to upgrade the cottage on the grounds which the family had been living in while construction of Woodchester Mansion took place, and it was here the remaining money was spent. Near the late 1870s, William's poor health would have a severe impact on the whole estate. He moved to Algiers to convalesce, but died in 1895. Woodchester Park and its buildings would be passed on to other family members, but the costs would always be too great to keep the estate running, and by 1938, the house and park were sold off to the Barnwood House Trust, a mental health charity. They had plans to turn the house into a hospital, but again, it was doomed never to happen. During World War II, the house and its grounds were used by the British, American and Canadian armies as a training facility for the upcoming D-Day landings. The lakes were used as practice areas for bridge building, and in one harrowing incident, a number of American soldiers drowned after a bridge collapsed. Their bodies were recovered and taken to the house and stored. It was widely believed that their final resting place was somewhere near the mansion, but evidence suggests the soldiers were taken back to America. After the war, and up to the 1980s, the house fell into disrepair, but it was never left to become completely abandoned. Many locals in the area saw that the house and grounds were tended to as best as could be afforded. And in 1988, the house and some 23 acres of surrounding land were purchased by Stroud District Council. In 1989, the Woodchester Mansion Trust was set up and the house and its grounds would finally be given some care and attention. Today, the Trust still looks after the house and open it up to the public from April to October. They also allow weddings to take place there and even open the house up for paranormal groups and ghost hunting tours. And it's these paranormal and ghostly encounters that we'll be examining next. 
So now we've got the lowdown on the history of this remarkable building and its surrounding parkland, let's delve into the hauntings, ghostly sightings, and some of the legends that call Woodchester Mansion and Park their home. First, as already pointed out earlier in this episode, it's incredibly rare to have a house which is haunted when nobody has actually ever lived there. But Woodchester has plenty of ghosts and stories to tell. The whole house is a time capsule of the day when workers finally downed tools and walked off-site, never to return. Ladders remain still propped up against walls where they were left. Tools are scattered about the place. But why did these workers suddenly decide to leave en masse? Initially, you'd have thought that it was the money troubles which the family were having that would have caused this. But there are a few other stories that may shed light onto why this abandonment took place. Paranormal and ghostly activity has been reported at Woodchester Mansion for years, many years before the mansion was even built. Stories of ghostly visitors and frightening poltergeist encounters swirled around the workers who built the mansion, and many sightings and experiences were passed from worker to worker. Tools would go missing, or would seem to launch themselves across rooms. Disembodied voices would be heard, strange misty figures would be witnessed in various areas of the house, and even some workers reported being pushed off ladders by an unseen force. During construction, there were seven deaths recorded with one that may have had some bearing on the reason for the sudden departure of the builders. A French plasterer was on site when an accident occurred which resulted in his death. After his burial, it became clear that something had changed in the house. The atmosphere became dark, cold, oppressive, and workers would often see things in the corridors which convinced them that his spirit had returned to haunt the mansion. There was also talk of a murder which allegedly took place when construction of the house was underway, but this has never been verified either way. Could it have been the French plasterer who was indeed murdered? With his death being covered up as an accident? Or maybe one of the resident poltergeists could have pushed him off the ladder? So could the atmosphere and experiences of working in such a haunted location have finally tipped the workers over the edge and caused them to leave? The land on which Woodchester Park stands on has seen its fair share of bloody battles and deaths, so it's no surprise that many people have seen ghosts or have experienced poltergeist activity or have felt another element of the paranormal entirely. One area of Woodchester Park that seems to have an especially strong paranormal attraction is Middle Lake. It's where the accident happened that took around a dozen soldiers' lives when their pontoon bridge collapsed. Witnesses have reported seeing a soldier standing forlornly near the lake, lighting a cigarette, only for him to disappear a moment later. Soldiers have also been seen roaming around the woodlands in the park. There's also the strange and eerie phenomena of 40s swing music which can be sometimes heard coming from the same location. And then there's also even the smell of bacon being cooked that spreads out from across the lake. Many people have also reported hearing distant whisperings emanating from there, and these voices always have an American accent. When the bridge collapsed, killing these soldiers, it wasn't just lives that were lost. Equipment also went to the bottom of the lake, 
including several military vehicles. A few years ago, two divers were given permission to dive down to the wreckage of these lost pieces of hardware. This was something that had grabbed the interest of these two men for many years. So, the chance to finally dive down to see these vehicles was an opportunity that they simply couldn't resist. But something happened down there in the water. Something that disturbed both men so much that they swore never to go near the lake again. They both refused to speak of the incident, and no written or spoken accounts of what they saw down in the depths of Middle Lake exists. Another incredibly strange and frightening experience took place in February 2001. A woman who had been walking in the grounds of Woodchester Park began approaching Middle Lake when she suddenly noticed a mist gathering on the lake's surface. The mist seemed to be swirling across the surface of the water at a measured, deliberate pace. The woman watched in complete disbelief as it began to form into the shape of a human-like figure with wings. As the figure continued to take shape and rise above the water, she wasn't sure if it was an angel, demon, good, nefarious, but she knew it wasn't of this earth, and it had some intent towards her. The woman panicked and fled the park as quickly as she could. Eventually, she reported the incident to the local newspaper and the story of the Angel of Woodchester was born. But this figure had been seen before. It was reported that this strange entity had appeared in front of American soldiers the day before the accidental bridge collapse in 1944. So was the appearance of this phenomena just a warning of impending disaster? Or perhaps even the cause of the disaster? In the early 2000s, a chilling story came from a guide who worked at Woodchester House. It was the end of the working day, and she was locking up and getting ready to leave. As she was driving to the exit of the property along the lane, she noticed a young girl in clothes which she felt were from decades ago, but didn't think too much of it. As she passed the young girl, she felt that something wasn't quite right, but she continued her journey home. Coincidentally, a few days later, the woman took part in a seance. Candles were lit, hands were linked with apprehension on the rough-hewn oak table. The medium inhaled deeply, closing her eyes for a short while before opening them and fixing her discerning gaze on the guide from Woodchester. I have a girl here. From... From the lane. She looks frightened. She's looking for you walking away. You, walking away. Terrifying? Coincidence? Or was the little girl trying to make contact? It should be noted that a young girl drowned in the lake in the 70s. So does this also account for the strange clothes which the guide noticed her wearing? We now move away from Middle Lake and make our weary way down the fairy tale gothic doorway into the main house where many incidents of paranormal phenomena have been reported. Are you ready to descend into the cellar? The cellar of Woodchester Mansion is an area that has gained itself a very dark and frightening reputation. 
Incidents of full apparitions, hair being pulled and people being shoved in the back are very common in this part of the house. Even the staff at Woodchester have experienced strange things down there. Sue Bingham, who is a guide at the property, recalls one eerie encounter that happened while she was taking a group of families around the house on a tour. As they approached the entrance to the cellar, Sue was holding the hand of a young girl when suddenly a man appeared from the darkness with a wax coat draped over his shoulders. Sue remembers that this man was also wearing a wax material type hat and he seemed in a rush so much so that he didn't even engage with anyone in the group. He just stormed past. This sudden appearance made both Sue and the little girl jump in surprise. They turned to see where the man was heading to, but he wasn't there. He just vanished. Sue asked if anyone in the tour group had seen this man, but nobody had. So who was he? And where did he go? In another incident, a mother and daughter had gone down into the cellar to look around when the mother noticed a young girl, just standing completely still in the middle of the cellar's main corridor. It struck her immediately as being not only strange but very creepy. What was this young girl doing down there on her own? Quickly looking down at her daughter for a split second, the mother returned her focus back to the girl in the corridor but she disappeared. There have been many reports of two young girls who are said to haunt the cellar, and it seems that other children draw them out into our reality. There's also a strange mist that appears down in the far chamber of the cellar. This mist has been known to scare many people as they enter the chamber, and with two ground-level windows letting just enough light and wind into the space, The mist seems to swirl around in an unearthly-type movement. Other areas of the house also harbour many ghosts and tales of poltergeist activity, and on the 7th of October 2005, members of a paranormal research group were at Woodchester to conduct an overnight investigation. As well as scientific equipment being set up in key areas of the mansion, Psychics were also present in an effort to try and make contact with anything that may be witnessed. A long corridor on the second floor has often been cited as being a very active area of the house, and that night was to prove to be no exception. Almost immediately a strange orb of light was witnessed travelling along the corridor and disappearing at the feet of two of the investigators. This orb was around the size of a tenpence piece, and the experience left one of the two investigators with instant and strong feelings of deja vu. In a second and most uncanny display of this strange phenomena, the whole corridor was briefly lit up for several seconds by a strong blue glowing light which appeared to come from the ceiling and descend to the floor where it faded away. All of this was being filmed on video camera, and the excitement of the group would soon be dampened when, After reviewing the footage, it was apparent that the blue light hadn't been picked up by the camera, yet a strange mist had been. Apart from the psychics allegedly picking up on two spirits in the area, one human and one seemingly not, the group made it through the night without any further incident, and packed away the following day. But it wasn't over yet. 
Camera footage from another location of the house would capture something very creepy. A CCTV camera had been set up in the chapel and left to record throughout the night. And when group member Tristan came to review the footage days later, he saw something that sent chills through his entire body. Near an archway in the chapel next to a scaffolding pole, the definite image of a hooded figure could be seen. The group are 100% certain that they were the only ones in the property that night, and nobody was anywhere near the chapel at the time when the camera picked up the figure standing near the archway. So who, or what was it? Whatever it is, it's not the first time that this figure has made an appearance. As recently as this year, a man who was part of an organized ghost hunt at Woodchester Mansion had an experience that would completely alter his perspective and belief in the paranormal. Initially a skeptic, this individual, who had been to many a ghost hunt, went along to the tour to see if anything would happen at this creepy and abandoned site. After arriving at the house, the organizers gave a talk about the history of Woodchester Mansion and its parkland. Finally, it was then time to take a look around. At a particular corridor, the group stopped and a guide assembled them all to describe, in a little more detail, where they were and the significance of that location. When the man noticed another corridor which led to the chapel, the same place where the CCTV had picked up that strange figure mentioned a little while ago. Whilst looking down the corridor, the man noticed a grey mist forming into the shape of a human figure, spookily similar to the Middle Lake event. This was only around one and a half metres from the entrance of the corridor, so the witness had a very good view of this strange apparition. Whilst the sighting lasted only a few seconds, the witness said that the figure looked like it was draped in a type of fabric and was floating slightly off the ground. It then vanished right in front of him. There were no facial features at all, but according to the witness it was the size of a tall human. And this wasn't a sighting that was caught out of the corner of the eye. It was in full vision, straight ahead. So what could it have been? He mentioned this to one of the organizers of the ghost hunt and did a sketch of what he'd witnessed. The guide confirmed that there had been many sightings of this apparition in this area of the house, and many have described it as being monk-like in appearance. Whatever it was, it certainly changed the mind of the witness involved. There are many ornate and beautifully crafted sections of Woodchester Mansion, the clock tower being one of them, and it's here that guide Sue Bingham had another experience which only confirmed to her that Woodchester Mansion is home to a variety of truly strange phenomena. When the clock was first installed into the tower in the 1850s, it was seen as a standout part of the building. But as with the rest of Woodchester Mansion, it soon fell silent with the abandonment of the site. But the clock would somehow mysteriously chime when there was no way that the mechanism was working. Stories tell of local children in the area daring each other to go inside the haunted clock tower and break off a piece of the clock face. If they brought it back when they returned, it was seen as a triumph of their bravery. 
By the 1950s, the clock face and the mechanism running it had become so badly damaged that it was taken out and moved to the area which would have been the kitchen. A workspace was set up there to enable specialists to try to repair and restore the clock and then reinstall it back into the tower. But it never worked correctly. Even after many inspections, nothing could be found wrong with it, yet it would start and stop seemingly of its own accord. Fast forward to 2003 and the clock was completely restored yet again. But as in the 1950s, it failed to consistently work. Sue was taking another party of guests on a tour around the house in 2006 and by this time the clock hadn't been working for quite a while. The tour had stopped by the clock tower and Sue was giving a talk about this fascinating part of the house. She mentioned the strange incidents that had occurred with the clock and as if on cue, it started up and began chiming. To say that Sue was surprised was an understatement but many of the guests simply felt that this was just part of the show and that Sue had somehow set the clock and its chimes off via a remote control. This definitely wasn't the case. And the clock continues to have a life of its own, even today. The site of Woodchester Mansion has been used for many television programs and movies. Most notably, it was the setting for the school which both Prince Philip and King Charles III attended as teenagers, Gordonston, in the Netflix show The Crown. It's also had many paranormal TV shows visit its grounds, including Most Haunted, Scariest Places on Earth and Ghost Hunters International, and was even the location of BBC's adaption of Dracula in 2006. In 2001, an American television production company who were making the aforementioned Scariest Places on Earth TV series sent a number of researchers to the house to conduct an overnight vigil. They were joined by two members of the Ghost Club of Great Britain, as well as two members of the Woodchester Mansion Trust and a small production team. The aim was to get a feel of the house for the upcoming episode and to also learn more about its history and its reputation as a haunted site. Many researchers will confirm that most of the time nothing will happen in a haunted location when you desperately wanted to. But this wasn't the case for this group of people on that night. During the early hours, a number of witnesses could hear a distinct tapping noise coming from the location of an 8-metre-long ladder which had been left leaning up against the wall when the builders abandoned the house over 150 years ago. The noise seemed to be coming from the top of the ladder. But more strange noises soon began to ring out from other areas of the house. The group had gathered in the drawing room at about 2.30am when this eerie occurrence began again. On a side note, the drawing room was the only location in the house which was completed in 1894 and it was visited by the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Westminster, Cardinal Vaughan. The Lee family were deeply religious and they saw Woodchester Mansion and its chapel as an ideal location for their dedication to the Catholic faith. It's also these deep roots in Catholicism that some people see as the reason for some of the ghostly happenings in the house. Satanic worship was allegedly conducted at Woodchester 
and it may have been the clash of these two opposing ideologies that unleashed some of the more evil and troublesome entities into the property. But let's get back to the researchers who gathered in the drawing room. As stated, the time was around 2.30am, and the group began to hear a metallic tapping noise coming from the wall on the right-hand side of the fireplace. For the next approximately 15 minutes, this noise began to get steadily louder and more forceful. The witnesses in the group said that it sounded like a hammer being struck against solid stone, and it became so painfully loud that some of the group members were having to cover their ears. Where was the sound coming from? But more importantly, who was making it? Several people decided to investigate and then return with their findings. They narrowed down the location of the sound to a corridor in the south end of the building on the first floor. So, they climbed the grand staircase, which had been restored a few years earlier, and once at the top, shone a torch down the corridor. Almost at once, the noise stopped completely, and nothing was seen. The group then rejoined the others in the drawing room to tell them what had happened. Time was now getting on, and it was around 4am when the noise started up again. This time, seven of the group went to the same location to see if they could find anything. But as they began to climb the stairs to reach the first floor corridor, a huge cracking noise came from above their heads. The group of seven split in two and took cover from the falling debris that was surely about to follow. One of the groups saw a piece of stone bounce off the floor near to where he was standing and then tumble down the stairs. As both groups of people took cover, they could see dark, shadowy debris everywhere. Yet when they finally felt they were safe to cautiously come out and survey the damage, and to see where the debris must have fell, there was nothing there to see. Completely confused, the group corroborated amongst themselves that it sounded like the roof was collapsing where they were previously standing. They were utterly convinced of this. So loud and frightening the sound had been, They were also in definite agreement that they all saw this thunderous rubble fall from the ceiling, and that none of them could see any sign of damage or rubble from this alleged collapse. As they stood there, the noise began again. This time, the group made it to the top of the stairs where they raced to the corridor, certain that this was where the sound was coming from, and it was here that they experienced more strange goings on. Each person backed against the corridor walls as they heard what sounded like a train moving back and forth. This was then replaced by the sound of something tremendously heavy being dragged along the floor towards the rear of the house. This particular sound was so intense that every one of the seven people in that corridor all swore that they could feel the walls vibrating. But again, no debris fell and no evidence of any cause could be found which could have generated these noises. Chris Howley, a local historian and a paranormal investigator, has had many encounters with the ghosts, poltergeists and other entities within Woodchester Mansion. Whilst he's still very sceptical in regard to the paranormal in general, his opinion of a location being possibly haunted dramatically changed when he began visiting and taking groups around the house at Woodchester Park. One evening, whilst with three other people, 
He was chatting away and walking down the corridor on the way to the chapel when a stone was thrown at the four of them from nowhere. There were no other members of the public or staff in the building at the time, but all four of them saw this stone come hurtling down the corridor towards them. Even after thoroughly searching the area and trying to recreate the incident, they could find no reasonable explanation. In another incident, he was taking a group of people around the property as part of a ghost hunt when they arrived at the Victorian game larder. This room has a huge amount of significance because this was the place where the bodies of the American soldiers who perished in the bridge accident on the lake were taken. In other words, it was a makeshift morgue. Whilst Chris was giving his talk, a member of the group wandered off to the game larder to complete a solo vigil of sorts. They had no idea about this room and what it had been sadly used for. This person apparently spent quite some time on their vigil, enjoying the silence, their solitude. Feeling some sense of reverence for the place, they decided to take several photos. And in one of these photos, if you look carefully enough, is the faint outline of a young man's handsome profile, smiling, looking like he's sharing a secret, or perhaps a private joke. In military uniform redolent of World War II, looking distinctly like he's in the prime of his life yet somehow, somehow, also looking distinctly, decidedly, not of this world. Ghostly. A cruel, cruel juxtaposition. Chris was shown the photo, and he even examined the camera, but could find nothing that had been doctored or tampered with. The picture was even sent to a university to be examined and literally pulled apart. But again, nothing could be found that would have suggested that the image had been put into the camera after the event had taken place. And according to their study, the image seems 100% genuine. Chris was also lucky enough to have filmed what he and the tour group took to be at the time a hooded monk-like figure. Now, if you remember, the sighting of this spirit was mentioned earlier on in this episode, and it took place near the chapel. It was here that it made its appearance to Chris and his group. In the footage, a grey misty figure can clearly be seen moving towards the chapel where it enters through the archway and disappears. Just as with the photo of the soldier, the footage has been tested, manipulated and reconstructed, and nothing could be found that could recreate what was captured on film that evening. One of the more recent events to happen to Chris Howley was when he had completed a ghost tour and investigation with a group of people, and as he stood in the drawing room apologising for the lack of activity throughout the evening, the whole group became quickly silent as they began to hear very definite footsteps. As they listened more carefully, they could hear that these footsteps sounded as though they were coming from someone wearing stiletto heels. The unmistakable sound of the heels hitting the stone floor got closer and closer. So close, in fact, that Chris and several of the ghost-hunting group ran out of the drawing room and towards the library into two separate corridors, to try and literally run into whoever was making the noise. As with many of these stories from Woodchester, 
The source of the footsteps couldn't be found. But every single one of those people who were part of that group that night heard those footsteps very clearly and felt very lucky to have been witness to one of the many elements that haunt the mansion. Another very eerie story happened several years ago to a now-retired caretaker by the name of Mr. Fry, who had been looking after the house in its parkland for 17 years. He was one of the very few people who would stay at the mansion overnight on a regular basis to make sure that vandals and trespassers weren't making a nuisance of themselves. Whilst he'd had many strange experiences over the years that he'd spent at the house, he tried not to alarm his partner with tales of ghosts and poltergeists. But he didn't have to, because she would have her own terrifying encounter at Woodchester Mansion. On the odd occasion, she would stay over at the house, but flatly refused to move in full-time because of the loneliness and solitude of the location. Late one evening, while they were in bed asleep, she recalled that she woke up for no reason. As she lay there, now fully awake, she became aware of a dark figure floating towards the window. At the time, the only light available was coming from the moon, so this made this thing look even more eerie. Completely petrified, she watched the figure move through the window and into the bedroom, then move across the ceiling and through the bedroom door into the mansion. She was so terrified that she couldn't move or even scream. Needless to say, it was the last time she stayed in the mansion overnight again. As well as being home to a large number of ghosts, poltergeists and other aspects of the paranormal, Woodchester Mansion is also home to around 800 protected bats. Feelings of a cold breeze and strange high-pitched noises have been attributed to the bats rather than the paranormal, and whilst these amazing animals have always been linked to tales of spooky and eerie goings-on, Surely they can't be responsible for every strange occurrence that happens at Woodchester. And one particular academic is certain that bats aren't behind the experience he had. Chris Romer is a parapsychologist who has been studying the paranormal for most of his life. He has also appeared on several television documentaries about the subject and always approaches any case he's investigating with a down-to-earth and logical approach. But even he was at a loss to explain what happened when he was at Woodchester Mansion with several colleagues. It was approaching dusk when they were at the front of the house, and they began to hear what sounded like a horse approaching the drive at quite a quick pace. It then slowed to a canter, and then to a trot. It then appeared to amble straight past the group, but there was nobody out there at all let alone anyone on a horse. Chris accepts the fact that many people who lived on and around the parkland had horses, and there are many photos from the late 1800s and early 1900s which support this. So could it be one of these people with their beloved horse still riding through the parkland? We finally bring this episode to a close by returning to one of the most active areas of the property, the cellar. It's here that many investigators have concluded that a phenomenon known as an elemental exists and haunts the far vaulted chamber. A definition for an elemental is a little difficult to pin down. It's not a ghost, it's not a poltergeist, and it's not really an entity. 
it could be best described as an energy that resides in a particular place. In the case of Woodchester Mansion, this elemental resides in the far-vaulted chamber of the cellar, and it can appear in many different forms, as well as affecting people who encounter it in various disturbing ways. Some have reported having their hair pulled, while others have felt a definite push in the back, or even felt something strike the back of their legs. Others have seen dark forms appear, only to watch or sense them move unnervingly around the room. Reports of a black veil seemingly enveloping this space, leaving those inside unable to see even their hands in front of their eyes are also common. But the strangest visualizations of this elemental have been said to resemble a small golem-like creature. Now, whilst this sounds completely unbelievable, this has been seen many times in that far-vaulted room in the cellar. One ghost hunting group fled the mansion in complete terror when they witnessed a three to four foot tall human gargoyle-like creature appear from the corner of the room and begin to shuffle its way towards them, making strange low-pitched growling noises. On another occasion, witnesses were horrified when they encountered a small dark figure crouched in the far end of the chamber against one of the walls. As their eyes got used to the darkness, they noticed the figure starting to move towards them, at which point they panicked and all ran out of the cellar. After waiting a while for someone to grab a torch, several of the witnesses went back down, only to find the room completely empty, and nobody had seen anyone enter or leave the cellar while they waited. The list of stories from both staff members and people who have innocently come to visit the mansion just goes on and on. And the more you hear of their experiences, the more you realize that there's something very different about the house and its grounds. Even though Woodchester Mansion was never lived in, there are plenty of tragic events which have taken place not only in the grounds, but also in the house. We would love to know if you have any more supernatural stories about Woodchester Mansion or any old houses which you have visited. Have you visited Woodchester Mansion? Have you witnessed the golem-like creature in the cellar? Seen something strange rippling on the surface of Middle Lake? Perhaps heard the faint scratch of a gramophone, then the ghostly chimes of Glenn Miller on your lakeside stroll? Or do you have a logical explanation or theory for any of the stories today? Let us know on Twitter at HauntedUKPod. Include the hashtag hashtag haunted uk podcast and we could start up a conversation alternatively let us know on instagram at haunted uk podcast drop us a message or even a voice note we love hearing your stories and opinions so after hearing about the history and some of the many incidents of the paranormal which have been witnessed by a variety of people i'll leave you with the words of parapsychologist chris Romer who said the following when he was asked if he could sum up what he thought could be going on at this amazingly beautiful but very strange place. It could be that these are the spirits of the dead. It could be that the horseman that we heard was in fact a murdered 18th century aristocrat. There are two stories that explain a ghostly cause for a horseman. Or it could be, as I've said before, that somehow the expectation of seeing a ghost causes imagination, causes all kinds of other things to cut in, 
or maybe even allows our own psychic powers to come out and haunt us. And I personally find that the scariest prospect of all. So be careful the next time you decide to visit an old historic building or gardens, because the next person to see or sense a ghostly spectre on a grand staircase or in an 18th century wine cellar could be you. Well, we've come to the end of this episode of the Haunted UK podcast. But before I go, I'd like to ask a favour from all of you amazing listeners out there. The show's end-of-season finale revolves around the experiences and stories from listeners just like you. So if you've had an encounter with any element of the paranormal and you'd like to share your story, then I'd love to tell it for you on the Listener Stories finale episodes. Simply type up your story and email it to hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com. That's hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com and in the subject section of your email, title it Listener Story so it's easy for me to find. All stories are treated with the utmost privacy and respect, and if you wish to remain anonymous, then that's no problem at all. This podcast is recorded, mixed, and mastered at my studio, Blue Step Audio, in Hales Owen in the West Midlands, England. If you have a piece of music you'd like mixing or mastering, or if you have a podcast that needs title music writing, or maybe you want your whole podcast editing and prepping for distribution, then why not get in touch with me via email at bluestepaudio at hotmail.com. That's bluestepaudio at hotmail.com with your inquiry, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. For a list of all research sources which I found helpful for the writing of this episode, please see the show's notes. Thank you again for listening to and supporting the Haunted UK podcast. So until the next episode, stay safe and take care. But before you go, why not check out the following great podcast? Scotland's history is ghoulish, ghastly, and at times downright gruesome. Who wouldn't want to hear more about it? If you're interested in learning more about Scotland's history, legends and ghost stories, then the Generally Spooky podcast is for you. My name is Ailey, researcher, storyteller and believer in ghosts. And my name is Kieran. I'm chief listener, provider of jokes and Ailey's husband. And we are the co-hosts of the Generally Spooky podcast. Join us as we discuss things like the Loch Ness Monster, the Mackenzie Poltergeist, the Battle of Culloden and so much more. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also find us for free on YouTube and over at our website, generallyspooky.com. We'll see you there. See you there.